typical HVAC business owner probably works 70 hours a week, so the answer just simply isn't to work harder. Welcome to the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. Is your business getting beaten by the competition? Are your profits dwindling? It's time to kickstart your HVAC business. Here's your host, Nick Balowski. Uh, yes, welcome back. So it's that time of year, isn't it? We're very early January at the time of rec- recording this uh, podcast. So hopefully you, you've had a chance to sit back, relax and unwind a little bit. But I do realize that for most businesses, depending on which part of the country you're in, it can actually be a busy time and there's lots of customers out there demanding your your time and attention. So we've got a great show plan for you today. So what we're going to do is just do a bit of a, a review of 2019, set a quick plan for 2020, or just get the ball rolling, get some ideas going for 2020. And then we've got some areas to cover off on that should really help your business moving forward. So grab a bit of paper, grab a pen, and let's get started. I've always found that when trying to set goals for the upcoming year that it's always best to review what actually happened in the years previous or the previous year 2019 and what you can do is actually take a measurement of really how happy you are with your business because I think it's kind of pointless just setting mindless goals for the upcoming year not knowing whether if you actually hit these goals will you be happy that you attain them because you need to really think ahead about what you want to get out of your business. Do you want to have just a massive HVAC business where you have a heap of staff, a heap of trucks on the road and you're super busy and the revenue number's high or do you want to try and scale something back a little bit and have a business that's a little bit smaller but serves you? So For 2019, I'd like you to start with considering three things that you actually did well for 2019. Three things that made you happy. So some examples might be you were happy with the new marketing channel that you got online. You might be happy with the updates you made to your website. You might be happy with a new staff member that you brought on. You might be happy with the amount of revenue that came into your business. So there's just some ideas. So I'd just like you to write down three things that you did well. Next, what you want to do is have three areas for improvement. So you might consider um, something about your revenue numbers that that you need to improve. Maybe you want to improve your connection to your community. Perhaps you want to improve the connection to your staff or you might want to try and detach emotionally a little bit more from the business. You might find that you're taking work home with you a little bit too much and you want to just emotionally detach from the business when you get home. So again, write down three areas for improvement that you can have with your business. So from that, you've got three things you did well and three things for improvement. So what you need to do next is think in a selfish way, uh, not so much about the goals and what revenue numbers you want to grow the business to, 
but you need to think more selfishly about how can the business as a business owner serve you better how can it actually serve you better so let's have a think about it so do you need to drop some underperforming services or staff are you just trying to do too much or is there a team member that is holding you back or holding you down if you really think about it do you need to simplify the business or get help in a particular area so a classic situation is when uh, an owner is trying to do their own bookkeeping and and their accounting and it's one thing that nearly all people hate that I speak to so do you need to get help in a particular area should you outsource maybe that accounting should you outsource the changes that you're making to the website do they just really frustrate you how can you simplify the business how can you make the business serve you better do you have any vacation time scheduled for 2020 now's a great time to do that there's plenty of owners out there that have not taken a vacation in a number of years and they wear it as a bit of a badge of honor but that's just silly how can the business serve you better let's schedule some vacation time in speak to your family schedule that week or two weeks or whatever it is away if you can't do that then I put to you that you actually have a bit of an issue with your business there the business is not serving you you are you might be the owner but you're effectively just another employee of the business an employee who can't get any vacation time so that's not a good deal if you ask me so think about how the business can serve you better in 2020 some other questions that you need to consider are about the dichotomy between planning and procrastination so we're doing some planning now and wild execution so where do you sit so I want you to think about the dichotomy between planning and procrastination and wild execution. So are you a procrastinator? Do you like to do what we're doing now and sit back and think and and write down a plan and, and, and really think things through? If you are, do you need to stop and execute? Or are you a wild executor? Do you just go and just completely fly by the seat of your pants and just do whatever feels good and you're a bit like a dog chasing a car and your business is all over the place? If you're a wild executor, sit back, stop what we're doing now, create a plan, then execute the plan. So it's important that you figure out where you are on that dichotomy. And the reality is we're always trying for a point of balance. So if you're typically a procrastinator, let's get out there and execute. If you're a wild executor, just dial it back a little bit, create a plan and then go and execute the plan. So where are you on that balance point? Now we can start thinking about setting some goals for 2020. We can write these down. So what we need to do is maybe we just consider three to five we call these outcome goals so what is the outcome that you want 
at the end of 2020. So it could be a particular revenue number. It could be some growth in the business. It could be a particular happiness measurement. It might just be to take a vacation. So a process goal is really important at this point. So we've just done our three to five outcome goals. A process goal is what is going to actually get you to the target. So you might have an ambition to grow your business to, let's say, $5 million of annual revenue. But how do you get there? That's the most important thing. So the process goal is essentially the path and the steps that you're going to take to get you there. So you need to really break this down. So I would submit to you that for every one outcome goal that you have, you're going to need three to five or maybe more, possibly even up to 10 process goals that are going to get you there along the way. So you really need to consider what are the steps you're going to have to take to do this. Do you want to schedule in some vacation for 2020? Well, how do you do that? You might have to have a a staff member. You might have to close the business down for a particular period of time, depending on how you're structured. So these process goals are vitally important. So just to reiterate, you're going to have possibly three to five outcome goals. So these are the big picture targets that you want to hit for 2020. And then from there, you might have anywhere from three to five to 10 process goals that basically lead into that particular outcome that you want for the upcoming year. So don't skip over this point. It's really important to set some goals, set some targets for 2020. Let's get stuck into the rest of the show. All right, so for the rest of the show, we've got uh, four topic areas planned that we're going to talk through. So first of all, what I want to do is talk to you about things that are going to really, I guess, come into play in 2020. So first of all, one of the things you need to consider is Google Voice Search. So we've all done a search before, or we've heard a search where it says, hey Google, or hey Siri. So if you're a iPhone user, it's hey Siri. If you're a Google user, it's hey Google. So voice search is gonna be a massive thing in 2020. So 56% of users have done a voice search for local service businesses before. So this number is only going to increase. So I first came across the awareness of this um, probably, I'm going to say going back five years ago. So, And it was when, um, when my daughter was just growing up, and um, I'm almost ashamed to say this a little bit, but she was just playing on the iPad a little bit, and she noticed a little microphone thing um, up in YouTube in the, in the search bar and she's pushed it and then started talking and YouTube at that point was obviously listening to what she was saying and then it was providing uh, video results back to her. So that was, gee, that was five years ago and, and now this voice search technology has really came a long way. And we were doing some, um, some Google AdWords for a client I want to say maybe two years ago now, 
and we're going through the search query report which is basically a, a list or a report that shows how many or, or how many sorry how many or what types of searches people were doing so the actual words that people were typing in sorry I stumbled over my words there hopefully that made sense and I noticed um, hey Google and hey Siri was actually coming up quite a lot in the search query report so I could see that people were using voice uh, activated search there for, for local businesses so the stat that I just told you before 56% of users have done a voice search for a local service business that number is only going to get higher as people start to move away, I guess you could say, from uh, typing stuff in and I guess you could say a desktop mode of searching. And they start to move into more of a mobile than on the move mode of searching. So they might just push a button on their mobile and do a particular search or it could be as simple as their phone is always on and it's in their pocket and they go, hey Google, hey Siri, find me. And then they're looking for a local service business just like you. So it's really important that we capitalize on this trend. And the way to do it is fairly simple. So there's kind of two things. You need to rank high in the search engine result pages. So Google and Siri don't go into the deep, deep, dark, nether regions of page six on search to find a business um, to serve these queries you need to rank in the top three so you need to be a high ranking service from from what i've seen to actually get brought up for one of these particular voice searches so your search engine optimization is critically important so get your website ranking as high as you can on our website hvacbusinessgrowth.com we've got plenty of content around ranking higher we've got services that help you with that so make sure you rank as high as you possibly can to pick up these voice searches and you can also help this by creating question and answer content on your website so if you've got some ideas around uh, blogging um, this is what you should be doing, question and answer type of content. So you might start with the 10 most asked questions that you get and you might create a page for each of those and it wouldn't be hard to um, record some audio or create a video, um, write some text out of maybe 500 words of just some answers to these questions that people ask. So if you think about uh, how you might use Google or Siri voice search right now. Typically, it's a bit of a question, isn't it? It's, hey, Google, what about this? Or, hey, Siri, what about this? So create this question and answer content for your website so you can serve these voice search engines as best as you can. So I feel that uh, voice search is going to be a massive thing in 2020. Make sure you get your site ranked, get some question and answer content on the site, and you'll be able to take advantage of this search trend in 2020. The next thing that we need to consider moving forward is what I would call a branded SERP. So SERP stands for Search Engine Result Page. So everybody's kind of focused on SEO about ranking for particular search queries that are in their market. So it might be AC repair, 
Baltimore air conditioning repair service, Los Angeles or whatever it is. Everybody's focused on that, which in a way is fair enough because you do want to get traffic from that. But you need to think about the branded results as well. So if you Google your business name, what actually comes up? This is critically important because more and more people are actually researching and looking at reviews and just getting an overall feel for the business before they pick up the phone and and do business with somebody, right? So Google your business name, what comes up? You might be shocked to see what actually comes up. So the whole premise around this is that you need to own your brand. So success in this place is when you Google your business name, you effectively own the first page of search results. So if you were listening to episode 19, we spoke about Google have something in their algorithm where effectively they don't want to show um, multiple pages from a particular site. A branded SERP or a branded search is where you can kind of bypass this and effectively own the first page. But you can't own the first page with 10 pages off your own website. So what you need to be able to do is create some brand prominence and get these other, we, we can call these parasite pages if you like, get these parasite pages ranking as well as you can. So you might be able to get possibly two, maybe even three internal pages on this branded search page. You need to get your Facebook page on there. You need to get your LinkedIn profile, get some social media content up there such as tweets, get your Yelp page up there. Perhaps there's a particular news piece or a press release that you can get there. You might have done a guest article on a particular website that you can get up onto that first page. There might be an interview on a third-party site. Maybe the the local uh, newspaper interviewed you. Um, you need to get that up on the first page of Google. So the whole premise behind this is that you control this first page of search results. So if somebody does a search for your business, make sure that all of your assets actually come up. Make sure that there aren't any negative press things in there or poor reviews. Own that first page. So if you can do this, this opens the door to a lot of other things in search. So if you can get this branded search engine result page going, it shows that your brand is really important to Google. They will associate your business, your brand with that particular search query. So this leads into something that we call brand prominence. So brand prominence is vitally important to your business. So Google's results pages now, they're a lot more localized. So if you do a local search, you're going to see more local businesses come up for these queries. So they're not gonna serve a business, only in extreme circumstances I should add, but they're not gonna serve a business that's 50 miles away from a search location in this HVAC space. If there's a local business, more than likely, unless they're in the bad books, they're gonna show up for a lot of these localized search queries that that will come up in a particular suburb or a zip code or something like that. So the only 
way to get visibility away from your direct area is through brand prominence. So the stronger your business brand is, the more you own that branded search, the more likely you are to come up. So a great example of this is if you think about two pizza brands, so Pizza Hut and Domino's versus Little Joe's Pizza Shop. So the chances are if you do a Google search in a particular suburb or a zip code that might be a little bit um, might be a little bit remote. It might be just on the outskirts of town maybe. You are going to get, let's call it Little Joe's Pizza Shop. So that's going to be the local pizza place that might only be one or two miles down the road from the person searching. And then you're going to get these mega brands. You're going to get Pizza Hut and Domino's that might be a little bit further away. They might be five or ten miles away. But sometimes these big brands actually beat out some of these smaller businesses. And the way that they're doing this is through brand prominence. So Pizza Hut, Domino's, they're just big, big brands. They have a presence online. They've spent money over the years advertising. Google knows that when somebody searches for Pizza Hut, they're not looking for an eating pizza diner. They're looking for the brand Pizza Hut. So Google associates a particular search query with a brand. That's what you want to be getting to. And when you can do this, you find you're going to show up for a lot more different search queries that are further away from your business location. So brand prominence, getting that branded SERP going, that's where it's at in 2020. So let's get to work on that. The next thing that's going to be vitally important in 2020 is going to be reviews. So they're already critically important now. We know that people are searching for your business. They're making a decision based on the number and quality of reviews. So if you've got 100 five-star reviews versus a business that only has two reviews, there's some great sentiment out there in the marketplace about your business. And for the most part, people are going to choose that business that has 100 five-star reviews over that lowly qualified business so reviews they're not going to go away so you need to think about your review process moving forward so first of all what you need to do is review your service protocols what can you do better can you communicate with your customers better can you set something up where you can have some sort of automated type of review um, collection process think about what you can do better first of all do you need to actually improve your level of service do you have some techs working for you that you know are a little bit rough around the edges and they they don't engage with the customer that well can you train them so to improve the reviews you need to look internally you can't always be the victim and blame the customer that's out there. So think about your own service protocols. Next, what you need to do is think about how can you neutralize some of these one-star reviews? 
So typically these one-star reviews will come up from two ways. So first of all, you might actually do a bad job. So that's easy to fix that. Do a better job, train your text better. Second of all, it might be the communication. It might be communication from the text. It might be communication from the office. So I'll give you a few examples. So if somebody is running late for their appointment, do you just run late? Do you show up three hours late? Or do you phone and message ahead of time? How about cleaning up after you're done? That is a pet peeve for a lot of homeowners that have contractors coming around to their home. People don't clean up after themselves. Are you transparent with your pricing? Is your pricing on the website? Do you actually quote somebody before you start the job rather than just getting to work and then you say, oh, hey, I'm done now. That's going to be $800, please. So think about ways that you can neutralize these one-star reviews. And it boils down to, like I said, two things. So it's the communication between yourself and the customer slash client. And it's your service. Do you need to train the techs? Do you actually need to just do a better job of being an HVAC business? Next, you need to consider how do you create more five-star reviews and raving fans? So we know that people that are unhappy, they're generally the first people to go and write a review, a one-star review. The people that are happy tend to be the last people to go and write a review, aren't they? So you need to probe them. You should know that you can't bribe people, but you can actually probe them. And it's as simple as asking. So... The best time to ask is straight after the service and you need to train your technicians up when they're in the field to have that conversation. By then they should have already built the rapport with the customer so it shouldn't be that hard. Have the conversation with the customer, ask for this five star review. There's also plenty of uh, softwares out there where you can basically put in the email address and the contact details of the customer and that can start a review process where you can try and get some more five-star reviews but you need to proactively do this if you just let things take their course you're going to find that you're going to get a few too many one-star reviews and not enough five-star reviews coming through so watch how your attitude actually changes to your business if you're getting dozens and dozens and five-star reviews coming through daily, you're going to be pretty happy with how things are going because you're going to feel appreciated. If you keep getting one and two-star reviews and maybe three-star reviews or neutral reviews, you're not going to feel that good about the business. You still might be doing a good job, but it might just be that the one person you made unhappy on a particular day always seems to go and write the one-star reviews. So you need to proactively go out and get these five-star reviews and generate these raving fans. So next of all, what we need to talk about is responding to these reviews. So most businesses, I'm going to say 95% of HVAC businesses are really poor at doing this. So if you look at your Google My Business reviews, look at your profile, have you responded to reviews? You should be. So 
this helps to do a couple of things. So first of all, people are less likely to post a one-star review if they know that they're going to be called out or spoken to afterwards. I probably shouldn't have said called out. That's not necessarily the right thing. But if people know they can write something and they're, they're not going to be responsible for what they write, then they'll just go and do it. But if they can see a history on your GMB listing or your Yelp page or whatever it is, if you're actually replying, responding, and getting back to people and engaging authentically, they're less likely to do it. But what also happens is that when people are, are doing their research about your business, they might go through, hey, they might find one, two, three one-star reviews that are out there. But if they see that every time a review goes on there, that's poor, either a technician or somebody from the office says, hey, Mr. X, uh, we're terribly sorry that you had a bad experience with us. We're going to reach out to you later on today and figure out how we can make this right. That shows that you're protecting the customer, you're protecting the client. So even if you do have some one-star reviews or two or three-star reviews, it shows that there's protection out there and people are going to be more likely to do business because they know that for the most part, they're going to get a great result from working with you. They're going to get it fixed and if they don't get their problem fixed, then hey, they know that you have their back and that's vitally important to getting more business. So you have to work on these reviews. It was big in 2019. They're going to be massive in 2020. As you know, people are always looking at reviews of a company before they go and do business with them. So the next most important thing, in my opinion, in 2020 is Google My Business. So GMB continues with a long line or a long list of things where Google is really just trying to monopolize all phases of search. So Google are trying to own search with their own assets. So have a think about it for a second. So Google My Business is a key part of Google search. Google Ads, formerly known as AdWords, that's a vital part. That's the revenue generator for the business. Google owns YouTube. You rarely see a video from another site other than YouTube in the search engine result pages of Google. You might get lucky and see a Vimeo video. For the most part, it's YouTube when they display video results. So Google are using their own assets when displaying search results. So Google My Business is critically important. It's a big part of it. So we know that Google Ads are they're, they're just terribly expensive at this stage, aren't they? Google ads are terribly expensive. Local service ads, you know, you might get a lead for 25 or $30, but hey, you're paying every time somebody um, phones your business or sends an email through. So GMB is where it's at. So Google My Business, Google Places, however you know it, we've got to get that going we have to improve it so how do you do it so first of all it starts with completing your profile it's amazing you know when you look at the HVAC businesses that are out there a lot of them just don't have a complete profile 
I am 100% honest when I'm saying this, getting your profile complete, it's probably 75% of the job. So how do you complete your profile? Well, you get images, photos on the site, on the GMB profile. You fill out the categories. A lot of people don't know that you can actually have more than one category in your Google My Business profile. Is the category that you've got there the right one? So think about the search queries that people want to rank for. What category are they using? Does your business have the same, the same category, a similar category, or something completely different? Category selection is vital. So take advantage of all of the categories that you can put on there. But just know that you can't put custom categories. You have to use the pre-approved ones from Google. Make sure that your address is accurate. This is so simple and so silly, it's not funny. Is the address that's on your GMB profile your actual address? If it's not, you need to change it. You run the risk of getting flagged for spam and getting your entire listing shut down if your address is not accurate. Can you put some Q&A content on your site? We spoke about this before when we are talking about voice search, but can you do Q&A content on your GMB profile? You should be. How about GMB posts? I know a lot of businesses out there that are posting on GMB posts every single day and they're getting some great business out of it. Do you have some YouTube videos that you can include in your profile? If not, why don't you go and create some? They're not too difficult. Take out your Samsung or Google phone or your iPhone or whatever the hell you've got. Push that record button, stick it in your face and then just start talking. It's easy to do authentic videos. It doesn't take long. Is the pricing on your GMB profile? So these are just some things that you need to consider. Complete your profile. As I said to you earlier, 75% of the job is done when you actually have your profile complete or you have your profile filled out. So hopefully that makes sense to you. I can't stress this enough. Google My Business is here to stay. It's a key part of Google monopolizing search. So make sure that you get your profile as good as can possibly be. And My Business, HVAC Business Growth, sorry here for the plug, but it's uh, perfect timing. HVAC Business Growth takes care of Google My Business. We help you fill out your profile, get it ranked in the search engine so you can get more phone calls and more traffic. Okay, so that was it for today. So let's just review what we've done. So we did a review of 2019. We set some goals, set some targets for 2020. We thought about how our business can actually serve us moving forward. Then we spoke about Google Voice Search. We spoke about the branded SERP. We talked about the importance of reviews and Google My Business. So hopefully you enjoyed the show today. Uh, please subscribe to wherever you're listening to this show. It might be uh, iTunes, it might be Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, whatever it is. Please subscribe. Please like, add some comments to this particular um, podcast post. 
check out the rest of the website. It's hvacbusinessgrowth.com. Really appreciate you guys. Let's have a great 2020 and we'll see you in the next show. Thank you. This podcast is proudly brought to you by HVAC Business Growth. If you're not getting the Google traffic that you want, head over to hvacbusinessgrowth.com slash express hyphen audit for a free express audit of your website. The report provides grades and advice around over 30 key metrics. Improve these and you'll get more Google traffic. Head over to hvacbusinessgrowth.com slash express hyphen audit for a free express audit of your HVAC website.